Hey everybody, I'm Alice. Welcome to another episode of Poetry Says. I want to talk today about the process of getting a poetry book published. This is a topic that, surprisingly to me, I can actually talk about with some experience now. When I first started this podcast in May of 2016, the idea that I would be sitting here at my desk about to talk to you about the publication process would have completely blown my mind, and it still really does. And I'm not the most comfortable talking about my own work and my own, I guess, achievements, uh, as you can tell by the way I put I guess there in front of the word achievements. Um, but one of my big goals with Poetry Says is I really want to demystify the work of writing poetry and the processes that operate behind those those beautiful poems that you see out there in bookshops and in journals and and the names attached to them and because when I first started writing the entire world of poetry seemed entirely inscrutable to me and I doubt that it is any less opaque these days and if it is I think it's down to people just to speaking on honestly about what it is to actually write poetry and publish it in Australia. So this, uh, what I will share with you here, is going to be fairly Australia specific. So if you're listening from overseas, I hope there'll be things that'll be relevant to you. But I'm going to be talking about my own experiences and what I know of this process. One thing I really want to underscore is that every poet's experience is different. This is something I've learned through my opportunities to talk with poets on this podcast is, uh, yeah, everybody goes through this in their own way. There's no right way to do it, as far as I can tell, and there is no really typical way to do it. I think if you walk into a bookshop and you look at all those spines and all those names and all those imprints, you're looking at as many different stories and paths to publication. But these, these are examples that I can share with you from my own life now, and hopefully there'll be something here that can help you. So this is kind of following on from my previous episode on rejection. I guess I thought I'd do a few episodes where I kind of dig into the behind the scenes topics a little bit. So I guess the first thing that I had to grapple with when it came to the point of wanting to put a manuscript together was deciding whether I was ready to do that or not. There'd been a couple of chapbook prizes that had come and gone in the years up to my submitting my first manuscript, and I had sent out versions of what the the final product was to those chapbook prizes. But God, I'm glad that nothing happened with those. Not that there was ever any chance of it, but it was way too soon, way, way, way too soon for, it, it just wasn't a collection. And I knew that on some kind of gut level. I knew that that was a collection of poems, some of which were good and, and most of which were just not quite there. And I knew that there was no through line. I knew that what I was doing was submitting for the sake of submitting, as I mentioned in the last episode. And I just wanted that that recognition 
that's what I was doing it for. It wasn't because I thought the work was ready to go out. It's that I wanted someone else to validate my work. So submitted to a few chapbook competitions, didn't get anywhere with those, went back to the drawing board. And yeah, as I guess um, the rejections mounted up, weirdly, I think I got more patient or maybe I got more, um, more jaded, perhaps <laughs> less invested in the process. And I spoke to a friend of mine who said that a good rule of thumb is to have 20 published poems out there before you even try to put a manuscript together. And I think I had 20, but I think of those 20, a few were really, really early publications in, in really quite small journals. And I think I knew that they didn't really count. So I, I waited and... I waited until it felt like submitting a manuscript was the next thing that had to happen. That continuing to submit to journals and get published there was kind of not really the next logical step. And throughout all this this waiting period, I think importantly, I was reading other people's work and getting a sense of what was being published, what was out there, who was publishing what and whose books I liked the look of, really. I think that's that's really important because when your book finally exists in the world, you want it to come out and you want to just be totally in love with it. So, you know, that comes down to things like the, the design and the font and the paper and all those kinds of things. And so when you have that experience of walking into a bookstore and, and you're drawn to a book and you're pulling it off the shelf and you just love holding it in your hand, yeah, those are the publishers you want to gravitate towards because chances are they're going to make your book look the same as that. I waited a long time. I left it probably a couple of years longer than maybe I first wanted to and did other things. Like I made this podcast. I was running the Sporting Poets reading series down here in Melbourne just kind of distracted myself with other things and didn't worry too much about the uh, the book question and I think I basically didn't really expect it to happen ever but I was happy enough with the other work that I was doing that I was pretty reconciled to that I think well I say that now it's easy to say um, when you have a book out uh, maybe that's not entirely true. I don't really remember now whether I was... I don't remember feeling desperate, put it that way. I don't remember a sense of desperation. I do remember the process of trying to find a publisher that was open to unsolicited manuscript submissions. And if you have ever tried to do this in Australia, you will know how disheartening that can be. There are a couple of really well-known publishing houses that uh, are probably the ones that you would want to go for if you were uh, a new poet or even an established poet and these are the ones that are very often you'll go to their contact page and they will say something along the lines of we do not accept unsolicited manuscripts at this time some of them will be open during certain months of the year which can be useful or can be really frustrating when you realize that you've just missed that month and now you've got to wait for an, a whole another six or 12 months until they're open again. Uh, and then there are those that are 
open to submissions and I guess that's even scarier because you realize that these people are getting who knows how many manuscripts sent to them per week how many inquiries they're getting and how are you going to make yours stand out so that can be a really disheartening process the way I approached it was I just chose I think I chose three publishers that I thought if these people were to publish my book I would be so so happy and I contacted them even though they said that they were closed to submissions and just acknowledged that in my email and said, look, I know that you're not technically open, but um, this is who I am. This is where my work has been published so far. This is the working title of my manuscript and here it is attached kind of thing. And I think by writing an email that was quite honest and acknowledged where they were at, I was able to connect with them and even though those emails came back with thanks but no thanks, it was a really nice kind of personalized rejection that I got in those cases. And that felt good even in and of itself. It felt good to just be like acknowledged, like I wasn't just talking to a wall. It was that was a success in my book, you know, just just making contact with those people who made these beautiful books, you know. That was that was great. But yeah, it's uh, again, all this takes a long time because you might send an email and then it might be a month before you get a response back. Waiting is a huge part of this process. A follow-up email is not always a bad idea, but my advice would be count by months, not weeks, because the last thing you want to appear is, uh, I guess, entitled and impatient and like, why haven't you responded to me? why haven't you recognized the genius manuscript that I've sent to you <laughs> kind of thing like yeah I, I I think treat these people with kid gloves because my assumption with with everyone who's publishing poetry in Australia at the moment right now is that they are up against it they're probably doing that work alongside work that actually pays their bills and it's probably a labor of love so I think it's worth just being really just keeping that in mind whenever whenever we're communicating with them. I guess I've actually skipped a little bit too far ahead here in the process because what I haven't talked about properly yet is how do you know when you have something that you can actually call a manuscript rather than just a collection of poems, some of which have been published, some of which you just like and you think fit in between them. I was really, really lucky to be able to get myself a spot at a beautiful writers and artists residence in the Blue Mountains in May of 2017. Oh, May of 2018, actually. Yeah, May 2018. And I was able to spend a whole week there with the poems that I had and those that were kind of halfway there. And the amazing thing about this place was it had magnetic walls and I was able to stick the poems up on the walls next to my bed and all around the room and I could wake up and see them and spend all day looking at them and I could move them around and I could just, I had so much quiet during that week to just sit with those poems and I guess let them tell me if they were ready, not to be too mystical about it, but that's really how it felt and to look for through lines and to look for connections that I hadn't seen before. 
And yeah, I'm really aware in saying that, that a week away from home at a residency, whether it's something you apply for or pay for, that's not an experience that's available to everyone. I was so lucky that I got to do that. It felt like an absolute blessing. It's just one of the most beautiful weeks of my life. And um, yeah, if if you're not able to do that, I wouldn't want you to hear this and think, oh, that's the only way to pull a manuscript together. I'm certain that that is not the only way. For me, because I'm a busy person who does 10 things at once and finds it hard to focus because I'm always thinking about the washing up or the to-do list or whatever it is that needs to be done, it was really beneficial for me to just be taken out of my home environment to just have a very simple bare bones room. I did have internet, but I managed to stay off it most of the time and to just sit with the poems. Yeah, so I don't know if you are somebody like me who really needs to be removed from their domestic environment to get that kind of concentrated work done, then maybe, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, residencies are really hard to get. Like, I spent years trying to get a spot at one through application and in the end I just ended up paying for this place which is completely fine by me but yeah maybe you just sidestep that whole process entirely and just get yourself an Airbnb or you house sit somebody's house that lives out in the country or you just block out time in your own house and you just make a promise to yourself that you just won't bother with all the domestic stuff for even 48 hours um, whatever rules you need to set up to get that quiet time, I think that's totally okay. And so in doing that, I realized I had some huge gaps. I had some sequencing problems and I had some poems that I was attached to that I needed to let go of and replace with other new things. And again, the, the fact of having that whole week, it was more time than I'd spent with those poems cumulatively than ever before and so I was able to write new things to fill those gaps and just to get it all flowing in a way that I thought worked and so at the end of that week I put it into a pdf and I sent it off to a publisher with a with a working title which it no longer has and yeah that was that was the best feeling to just send it off and know this is actually a manuscript now it is not what I was kidding myself about before when I was sending things out to competitions and it's not just a collection of stuff that I like and stuff that's been published like it has an actual arc now and there's a, there's reasoning behind why each poem is there and why each poem is where it is in the collection like I could I could defend that if I ever had to um, not that anyone's ever going to ask you but yeah I I felt really good about it and the completion and sending that email that was that was a really great feeling and I think yeah the, all this just takes so long that I think it's really important to celebrate those moments as well like when you finish all the poems that you need when you finish the sequencing when you do send the manuscript out you gotta you've got to celebrate your own wins in this process because uh yeah as I'll get to in a moment like the actual the public moment of of publishing can be so far down the road that it almost feels, I don't know, it's, it's strangely separate from the actual publication itself. So yeah, sent that email off and then there was quite a long period of waiting. 
and then there was a follow-up email and then there was an acceptance and that day was one of the best days of my life so far like I felt elated I felt legitimized I felt like everything I'd done up until that point actually meant something and I couldn't believe it as well I read the the email from my publisher over and over again (laughs) I got other people to read it uh, to make sure I wasn't dreaming and I just it was so it was such a good feeling Um, there's no other way to to put it I think it's important that I'm honest at this point about the fact that the publisher that ended up putting my collection together I did have a relationship with not I wouldn't say like a close relationship like not you know super friendly kind of hanging out relationship but these are people that that knew me in person they knew the work that I had been doing they knew the poems that I had been writing and um, I think that's important to talk about because I think back when I first started sending out what I guess I could loosely call manuscripts I had this kind of dream of that what I was sending out would just like be so brilliant that it would that it would just mystify the person who saw it and and they would just immediately be like oh this Alice Allen person we have to publish them you know but I think the reality from what I have experienced myself and what I've heard other poets say is that publication does have a connection to relationships within the Australian poetry community and that's a it's a difficult thing to say without sounding like oh it's just all about who you know I don't think that's true either no publisher wants to put out a collection that they don't stand behind and also I think if we tell ourselves that oh we only got published because you know so and so likes us then that's just another version of imposter syndrome right like we're just hiding behind that and uh, then we just get to sit around thinking that our work is terrible and everyone's just making excuses for us which is not the case (laughs) I do not I do not believe that is the case but I think it's really important someone said to me many years ago that there there is an element of of building relationships within the Australian poetry community whether that is in person whether it's through online relationships I think we're kidding ourselves if we are going to say you know someone will just just appear with no prior I guess reputation for lack of a better word and then a publisher will be like this person let's publish their work maybe that happens every once in a while I guess the way I think of it is it's about not just relationship but contribution I suppose yeah which is again like a really it's a really like heavy tricky word to use it's not a question of like exchange or anything like that but yeah I guess you know just to put it simply um, knowing people understanding who they are and they understanding who you are and what your work is that is part of the equation I think that's fair enough to say Um, and I don't think that that necessarily means that you have to be out there like networking like you know what a nightmare (laughs) it's not not like that either but I think 
yeah, and some kind of engagement is important. So, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Definitely twisting myself into knots trying to talk about that particular topic. Yeah, so that beautiful day that I got that email saying, yes, we're going we're gonna to book your book out. I was like, I cannot believe this. This is amazing. And then I just got to sit with that beautiful feeling for quite a while because in my particular case, and I know this is not uncommon, the time between acceptance through editing, proofing, final proofing, cover design was quite a long one. I think if I count it all up, I think it would work out to be about two years. It doesn't actually feel like that long, but I think that is what it is on the calendar. And I think this is why some poets talk about this strange feeling of um, having a bit of a separation once you're once you actually get to your book launch, which is I suppose the final part of this whole process. Um, you're standing up there, you're reading from this book, and because it's often been you know a year, two years, maybe even more between the time that you submitted that manuscript and actually are standing in front of people reading from it reading from the published book and let alone you know maybe some of those poems were written five years ago ten years ago so yeah we're talking about long long time spans this is why I think also it's really really important to not rush a book out because yeah you're going to be you're going to be sitting with that work and so is everyone else for a long time yeah you want to be really sure that it's that it still excites you you know a year two years five years down the track. But again, having said all this, I really want to underscore that every poet's experience of publication, if they're lucky enough to have that experience, is is really different. There's no one path to publication in Australia and probably anywhere. There's a lot of different versions of this experience. But things that I think are useful if publication is something that you are working towards, if you're a poet listening to this, I think most importantly, knowing what's out there is really important. I read, I think it's in a book by Ferlinghetti. Uh, he has this this strange little collection that I have. And there's a line in it that just says, haunt bookstores. I think that is fantastic advice (laughs) and something that I do all the time just uh, it's dangerous because you end up buying stuff all the time as well but like going to bookstores going to secondhand bookshops and just spend a lot of time looking at who's publishing the work you like who's publishing work that you're not that interested in think for yourself about like why that is and yeah who's stable would you like to be a part of I guess nobody wants to have the feeling of like yeah I I got accepted but I'm with this press and I'm not that excited about that's yeah it's not an ideal outcome and and we all work really really hard I think it's worth shooting for your first choice if you if you can reading a lot understanding what's out there that's work you can do on your own writing as much as you can for your future manuscript and also just for fun and just experimenting and playing around with stuff. This is all, yeah, work that you can do solo. And then there's the scarier stuff, the relationship building stuff. 
the introducing yourself to people either in person or maybe through online interactions, getting a sense of what excites them in terms of what they might be interested in publishing, getting a sense of do they even need another manuscript in their life at this point? Would, would that be something they'd even be open to? And again, I think you can have those, re- those conversations in a really honest and upfront way. You can say, look, I know you, that you say you're not open to manuscripts right now, but is there any chance you might want to have a quick look at mine? You know, that kind of thing. Um, it can be bold, I think, as long as you are keeping in mind at all times that, that these people are very busy and, again, doing this as a labor of love. Related to that, there's a huge amount of waiting that goes into publishing a book, knowing that it's going to take time, knowing that that time's going to be measured in months, if not years. And that's a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. You don't want these things to be rushed out. I think the final thing I want to say on all this is no book is written or created in isolation. One of the things I always do when I first pick up a book of poems and even any book really is I skip to the acknowledgements and part of that is I kind of want like to hear a little bit of the personal voice that sort of more intimate voice of the writer but also I want to know who else was involved in creating this work because I know for myself the book that I'm going to have the pleasure of launching in a couple of weeks is not one I would have been able to make on my own. I lent on other writers, on the people who ran the residency, on my friends, on my partner, um, and on my publisher and, and on her wisdom so much. And yeah, this is a, it's a collective effort. Um, and that, again, that's a really good thing. It means that your book is a representation of those connections and those relationships that you built and of a shared knowledge and effort maybe you might hear that and think oh no but it's it's my work it's it's my um creation going out into the world which it is but it's good to have people to help you usher that work into the world it's good to have a second pair of eyes a third pair of eyes it's good to have other voices showing you where there might be things you can change, things you haven't seen. There was so much in my book that I didn't realize was there until other people pointed it out to me, which was so great. So yeah, creating a book is not a solo process. It's not a, it's not a quick process. It can be a real mental challenge, an emotional challenge, even when it's all going well because there can be a feeling of being very exposed, of taking up a lot of space. This is definitely true for me. That question of imposter syndrome that we've talked about on Poetry Says Before definitely comes up, I think. And also a feeling of finality. You know, once the, once the book exists in the world, there's no going back and changing it anymore. There's no more tweaking that can happen that's it and it's it's kind of the end of the chapter um someone said to me the other day i think i heard this in person that a book launch is a bit like a funeral 
I really thought that was brilliant. Yeah, there's like a sense of like, this is this is this book's kind of final uh, little moment in the spotlight, and then, and you, the writer, you're going to have to move on to the next thing. And of course, there'll be moments of feedback from readers, ideally, and maybe there'll be new ways for the work to have a relationship with the with the world. But yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a bit of a full stop on the whole process. So yeah, I hope that some of that is useful and pulls back the curtain a little bit on what it is like to actually put a book together because it can be a lonely road and I hope that hearing someone else talk about it might make it just a tiny bit easier. Thanks for listening. 